0: Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker team. They'll share life experiences, tips, techniques, thoughts, and tools to help you create life exponential. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker.
1: Moving forward with the Decker team. Moving forward
2: together with the Decker team. How do we dispel our money myths? When they show up in our bank accounts. Mm, well, welcome to another episode
1: of Life's Inside Track. I'm Yetta Decker. I'm with Ken Decker. That's me. Uh-huh. And Suzanne Hart. Hello. And she is Mindset Mastery Mentor. And so we thought, what a conversation. Because have you ever noticed that the myths in your life... You don't even know they're there sometimes, except Mm. when you explore, you notice that the myths that you have bought into hook, line and sinker actually have ruined a lot of really good stuff.
2: Well, those myths are actually beliefs until you recognize them as myths. And then Mm -hmm. how do I get them out of my mind so they stop? affecting my behavior. Absolutely.
1: And part of the way we do that is by sharing Life's Inside Track like another episode where we share techniques, thoughts and tools and tips that we all need, we all deserve. You, I, everyone. So we turn our house into home, families thrive and we live the best life possible. And myths are all about dispelling them. Is yeah. all about living the best life right. possible. So
2: Suzanne, how do I, how do I, I was going to say misspell, but I can misspell just about any word. (laughs) (laughs) How do I dissolve my myth beliefs?
0: Well, first of all, you have to know they exist. Okay. And for many of us, we relate to our myths as truths. Like they are real. They are the facts. And I think oftentimes when you have been doing something, as they say, over and over again and expecting a different result... That is a great place to look.
1: Especially if you don't like like the result you're getting.
0: Absolutely. Right.
1: If you like the result you're getting, eh, even if it's a myth, maybe it's working for you. It's working for you. Right.
0: However, if it's not, oftentimes why we're in this circle is what we're doing to get the result is not actually grounded in truth.
1: It's a lie.
0: Mm -hmm. okay so So
1: can we talk about a specific example of a money myth because this whole conversation is about having a guide on the journey Mm -hmm. to help to dispel the myths because often in and of ourselves we can't see them
0: well i can tell you my biggest one my big aha was uh i believe that hard work and a great education was going to have me live happily ever after it was going to set me free Hmm. And I—that was a myth. It, 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 it is, and and the reason why when we think of freedom, we think of wealth. Isn't that what we think? Like
1: I, I think most money. people do. And or money, the ability to do what well, you want, well, when we, you want, how we, you want. Well,
0: let me let me say this: we think of wealth, but we think wealth is money, right? Right. Uh-huh. And the myth is wealth is not actually money. So I was re- working really hard for money, and it was coming in this door and going out that door. And I was working, it was coming in, it was going out. But because I didn't have this thing called wealth, which is being able to have your money working for you and money working when you're not working, I was caught in this hustling grind wondering, where's the wealth? Where's the money? That That's a myth that probably 90% of the population lives by. mm
1: And I think for me, a myth I had was as long as I make a lot of money, I'll always have money. And making a lot of money didn't actually mean I had any money because it wasn't about what I earned. It was about what I kept or what I invested really even bigger. I didn't even get that was a thing. And yet now I've learned that Hey, if you don't do something with the money, even if you keep it in your mattress, it doesn't really do you much good.
0: Yeah, if your money's not working for you, and that was a thing, like how does money work for you? But if mm-hmm. your money's not working for you,
1: mm-hmm. it's, it's not. working against yeah. you.
0: Absolutely. So
1: one, you-
2: of the, one of the myths that I had to overcome was I work hard, so I deserve things. Mm. And then because I deserve things, as long as I can afford the payment... I can afford the item.
0: Oh, and underline that. So the as long as you can afford the payment, not to pay for it. No exactly. without the without payment. The payment. I want to make sure everybody gets that. Yeah,
2: <laughs> exactly. And then what happened was I worked hard, so I deserved I felt I deserved. So I bought things that I felt I deserved and I thought I could afford the payment. But then what happened was the payment started stressing me out because I had no money to to buy the little things that I wanted. And then, needed, I had to work harder. Yeah, because what the, th- the other thing they didn't teach me was because when I was paying the payment, that when I was putting it on my credit card, I was paying like twenty six, twenty one, twenty eight percent, depending on which credit card. Yeah, and that was making the price of what I bought double or triple, triple or quadruple as, <laughs> as the actual item I purchased.
0: How about the myth that? If you don't have credit, right, you can't do much. So you got to build credit. And most people think that building credit is doing exactly what you just talked about. That's how you Mm. build your credit.
1: So how do we dismantle these myths? Because you may have a different myth than the ones we've talked about. We have not enjoyed sharing them with you. And yet know <laughs> that it was the right thing to do. Yeah. And so we're going to say, even if you don't en- enjoy sharing your myth with us, if you've had it identified, I would love to know a couple of things. What was the myth? And how did it become identified? And what and was, what what was she- the truth? What was the real deal behind mm. instead of the myth? What was the truth? Because it's also cool to see how do you get them identified?
0: Yeah. And I think, and I think what's the impact of living in that myth? What's the, what's the impact? How's it impacting your life? How does yeah. it show up in your bank account? Right. right. That's the impact often. Yeah.
1: Often. And in your relationships. Yeah. Like we're having a money conversation here and the value of a guide because a guide will see what you can't see.
0: Absolutely, They'll
1: be able to identify the thing that you think is mm. real and wise mm-hmm. and great.
2: And I think there's a flip side to that coin because we're, we're kind of talking about spending more than you earn and, and that kind of belief and always having a, a car payment or I'll always have a mortgage payment or whatever. Um, or I'll always have credit card debt and I'll never pay my card off. But there's the other side of it. There's people that have money myths uh. that... That live in fear, and they won't spend any money at all. And it goes into the- <laughs> That
1: was you, Suzanne?
2: It goes into the bank account. Right. And they feel safe because there's money in there, but they still f- live in fear. Mm-hmm. So it's not really safe.
0: So I, I was a saver who okay. worked really hard to hard work, rat race, saving mm-hmm. money, um, and saving out of fear, because I was the rainy day catastrophe. Something gonna happen. Got to have a little bit of money saver. Mm-hmm. And all I did was really attract more catastrophe, and <laughs> and money didn't have any joy. It was a it was a source of fear until I mm. busted that myth.
2: Oh, and you may you may find this interesting. I kind of wrote a little bit about it in the book, um, the wealth formula that I wrote. A lot of times, that saver mm-hmm. attracts a spender. Oh, <laughs> oh Yeah, you, you did that too. You got too. that too, right? Oh. Okay, so now you, your spender sees your bank account and says, ooh, that needs to be spent. Do you darn tootin'. And then, you, and then the fight breaks out, Your Honor, you know, because people start butting heads because one wants to save and one wants to spend. And it's all built on programming and past history and,
0: and, va- and myths. And, and values. And values, yeah. yeah.
1: And so some of the best ways to break myths is get a guide, get a mentor, and start reading because they don't have to be people that are with you, listening to podcasts, tuning into another perspective because mm-hmm. as they share the perspective, you go, I don't believe that. Mm. And then you can start to identify the impact of it or What's a great thing to do if you're thinking well, I need to break find, through
2: this? Find somebody that mm. you love their money savviness. They they yeah. seem to have it put together. Not the person with the most expensive cars that's that's you know, trying to work overtime to pay for them, but find somebody <laughs> that has money savviness, ask them out to lunch and prepare your questions in advance.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Value their time and by the way, pay for lunch.
1: What does the kitchen table setting my mindset really mean?
2: We've set actually the table for you because we've recorded well over 300 episodes. How about over 503? Okay, that's a good number too. <laughs> <laughs> and they're they're stored like on YouTube and CHRI channel and all over the place so that you can access them, whether you're at home, at the office, in the car, anywhere on the go. And there's valuable information. Some of it. Yes. <laughs> and, and sometimes it's just a banter. And you know what? You could listen to it at your kitchen table while you're eating if you wanted. You
1: could. And so how does the kitchen table set my mindset? How does that happen?
2: Well, when you set the table... You set your mind. Say more. Kinda. Well. Kinda. Because when you set the table, you generally put place settings for those in your life. And it might be your your parents, your your siblings, your kids, your spouse, and they bring with them their mindset on money that they were given, either through books, through learning, through their mm-hmm. parents. And that's how we pass things on is modeled uh, generation after generation. And around the kitchen table and conversations about money is where things, and I don't know about you, Suzanne, um, money was not talked a lot about Mm -hmm. in my family. We didn't talk about if we were struggling to pay the bills. We didn't talk about why it was crap dinner this day and and, uh, steak Another day. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, uh, we didn't talk about money either. And we didn't talk about money in terms of the good things my mother did, nor did we talk about the struggles. So money was just this non-existing conversation.
1: Which is still then what we learned around the kitchen yeah, table. absolutely. Like either you what was said it. or what wasn't said.
0: And think about it. How many people have the mindset that money is something you keep close to you? You don't talk about it. If you're struggling, you just struggle in silence. You don't go ask someone. So so we don't actually get the information that we need because what's modeled around us is we don't talk about money. And imagine we go to the bank with no conversation prior, and yeah. that's often the first conversation that people have.
1: And then the bank's are mostly willing as long as you're good at as long as you have a decent credit score. Like here we are again. It's determined by the banks really whether I'm credit worthy. And if I'm making decent money and I have no record of not paying my bills on time, then I can get access to a ton of credit.
0: Well I think the thing for us to remember is the bank is in the business of lending and making money. And it's not to it's not a bad thing. No, that's it's a great that's thing. business. So they lend you money at a certain interest rate and they make their money based on how long you take to pay and how long you don't take to, you don't pay. And so that's the name of the game. I think what, what most of us don't have, because we don't have the education and the mindset, we don't know actually how to play the game. When we go to the bank, we don't know the, the rules of engagement.
1: And if we're learning the rules of the game from them,
0: mm-hmm. then they're set up for them to win not so much me. Yeah, because that, that's, their, that's, their, that's their role. So I, I think, you know, when we're talking about the kitchen table, we're actually talking about being proactive and knowing that a mindset is what we, te- we decide to teach and impart On someone. For me, mindset is insight and knowledge that you pass on intentionally. In a very intentional way. And I think most of us got our mindset by default.
1: Right. And then we go on autopilot based on the mindset that Hmm. we have.
2: So things like I picked up from my family was we can't afford that. That takes real money to own that. I thought, well, what kind of money do we have? We might well, have monopoly money.
0: Money doesn't grow on trees. Money doesn't so,
2: grow on trees, yeah. You've got to ex-
1: work hard for it. Okay. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, money is the... Root of all evil. <laughs> and then we hear things like, you know, the filthy rich, the, the you know, they're they're not honest. They, you know... They're so greedy. Greedy. So we're... And, and so here we are. Think about it. 'Cause your mind my mind and your mind will not move towards something we don't believe yeah. in or right. we think if we don't believe we're or, or we don't right. think is good. So mm-hmm. here, here are people going, I wanna be wealthy, I wanna make money, I wanna have all these good things, but our programming, our subconscious mind is going, Filthy Rich, <laughs> you're dirty. It doesn't grow on trees. Yeah, it's evil. Work
1: hard. You, got you can't spend time with your family.
0: And so there's this big contradiction mm-hmm. and nothing works because what my conscious mind wants and what my subconscious mind believes are two disconnected things. Mm. Right.
2: Yeah. And, and Yada, you, you came up with a money mindset that came from mm. uh, your family picking up and moving to... Canada, right? Yeah, that. Why don't you explain that for a second? We
1: weren't going to talk about this today. (laughs) This was not in the setup.
0: Enlighten us. Okay.
1: (laughs) Okay. So I didn't even know I had picked it up. Like so many times, the mindset that we adopt... We don't even really know we've adopted it. Oh, yeah. Because it's it's a
2: blind spot. Right. right, Someone else has to see it.
1: Right. A guide
2: needs to point it out. And a guide
1: finally pointed it out to me that what I believed was that for money, for a better life, for wealth, I must give up everything.
2: Mm. Because we
1: immigrated when I was five. And on the way over, I lost the only toy I had. Somebody on the plane actually stole it from me, a little girl. And so I never had my doll when I got to Canada. So not only did I give up my family and my language and my understanding and my smartness because that disappeared too in my playtime and mm-hmm. my fields and my wildflowers, I gave up my only toy and I had to give up everything. Ooh. For money. And so I didn't even know I'd adopted that.
0: Mm -hmm. So, in in the black community, they say you have to work twice as hard. So, I worked (laughs) twice as hard because that was my programming and got nowhere.
1: Like, because nobody said this to me, and did it. Somebody said that to
0: you. Well, they said it to me, but they. they, they it's a saying. It's not right. a. It's not a go out and <laughs> work twice as hard. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a saying which mm-hmm. probably has some roots and some truth. But I adopted it as right. you adopted yours, as you adopted yours, mm-hmm. and I think it wasn't until I found my guide, which were some books and some coaches and mentors, yeah, that. When I got a, became aware of my programming, I was like, this is what's running me? Oh, my. It was like a freedom, an awakening. Hmm. Yeah. And That's so who really
1: are cool. you listening to? Who, what are the voices from the past that you're listening to that were happening around the kitchen table that maybe aren't serving you? Who are you listening to from a book perspective? We all have our favorites, and we brought some of our favorite books today and some of those early books that shifted the mindsets that weren't working. I think we're only going to have time to like share one.
2: Uh, my first wealth book was The Wealthy Barber.
1: And one that really shifted it for me was Master Your Money, God's Way.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, and mine's with Secret of the Millionaire, mine.
1: And we had a lot of the same Same books on our shelf. And so we just decided we'd each give you one, which gives you three. So what books are you going to bring into your life? What people are you going to listen to? And how will you identify those mindsets that as you've listened to us, you've identified maybe don't work for you?
2: Hmm. Yeah. So thanks for tuning in and listening on Life's Inside Track. We are honored to help you. Move forward in your money, your business, and your life.
0: Remember, poverty is a state of mind, and wealth is a mindset, not a commodity.
2: Money habits will make or break you.
1: We're excited that for 30 years, or over 30 years, we've been journeying alongside you building wealth and making great real estate choices and investments, and then also making the most out of life itself, even strengthening, healing, and flourishing relationship and getting a handle on the ever taboo subject of money. Mm. You
2: talk about flourishing relationships. Money is one of the, Mm. well, money, sex, but money is one of the key Mm. problems that many couples Oh struggle with. Absolutely.
1: It can unflourish a relationship super
2: fast. Make it
0: or break it. It will.
2: And it's because of the mindsets we come in with, the habits we come in with. And the myths we bought into. And the myths we bought into. And generally, they don't line up with who you're now living with.
0: You know, if I knew how much we had to have value alignment around money before I got married, totally different story. Can't. Well, us too.
1: You say it like it's it's a our, surprise. Yeah, but our
2: our uh, relationship has a a fairy tale ending. <laughs> they lived happily ever after, and after, and after. But we don't talk about the nine years of pain to right. get there.
1: And a lot of it was around money. And there's still moments of pain after that. So in this episode, <laughs> what you're going to learn is that <laughs> habits will make or break you and how can you reset some of those habits that have gotten in your way so they can stop Mm
2: -hmm. getting
1: in your way and that you can set up habits to actually serve you rather than hinder you
2: yeah so i mean we habitually spend sometimes we i spend without thinking about spending Uh you know that loony, that toonie that bag of chips that whatever that coffee i don't drink coffee but that tea or that hot chocolate um that donut or croissant or whatever it is right it's spent mindlessly because it's a habit to not really track my five dollars or my ten dollars or whatever uh because loonies and toonies was the biggest downfall for a lot of people because it's just coins
0: yeah. And people discard it. And that's like, I think that's why the government did it. Let's turn, <laughs> let's spin that economy, give them loonies and toonies. They'll spend them mm-hmm. like they're 10 cents. Like it's the
2: loonie and toonie mm-hmm. show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and there's something you've said that really inspired me to see habits a little bit differently, Suzanne, and that is habits. You want to choose your habits around money before you have a ton of money.
0: Absolutely. Expand on that. Absolutely. You know, oftentimes we think that it's when I get money, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start saving. I'm going to start, like, tracking my money. However, th- those habits that you're not doing are what are standing in the way of you getting money. So what I learned is that the habits have to be in place before the money comes.
1: Because otherwise, I don't do good with the
0: money when it comes. comes. And most people think, well, when I have money, I'll start to donate. When I have money, I'll start to tithe. When I have money, mm-hmm. I'll start to save. Well, if you're not in the habit of it, you won't do it. And think of all the people who had the small paycheck. And they said, when I get a bigger paycheck, I'm going to start saving. And then they get the bigger paycheck. And their spending, because their the habit of spending, expands. And then they go, well, when I get another raise, I'll start saving. But they're not in the habit of it. So the time to start is when you have no money. So much easier. Oh, my goodness. Right? And
1: for us, we didn't do that. We almost lost everything a few times. We consolidated and consolidated. I say four. Ken says three. It was just
2: a lot of times. (laughs) And... I would put... I put horrible things out of my memory.
1: I know, which is awesome. <laughs> I love the Pollyanna perspective. It's good. And yet when we would consolidate, all it did was give temporary relief. And the habit once didn't the pain change. was gone, we went back to our good old habits. And mm-hmm. so the next time we'd go to consolidate, mm-hmm. we were worse off than we were the time before.
0: Absolutely, because the habit never went a- what didn't change. You just you just put a temporary band-aid on something that was all right and, and then brain. it's almost like the habit multiplied now
2: suzanne you got a book in front of you called the secret of the millionaire mind or secrets of the millionaire mind mm-hmm. great book i, I oh. bought a case of them and gave them to all kinds of people me and read you both, both. <laughs> and, <laughs> me and me oh, both three this of us one has a cd in it i don't think mine had a cd
0: yeah i'm, wow. sp- I'm special ken um
2: <laughs> and one of the me? things i learned in here was the, the jars Mm-hmm. And it was about putting a, a saving jar, a giving jar, a charity jar, a um, fun jar, fun jar and different jar. things like that. And that really helped me, and it helped my kids because we set up jars for our children. Yeah, and then they grew in the habit of of putting those habits in place before they started making a lot of money. That a certain amount is going to go into yeah. savings, tithing, and one of the th- mindset changes that I needed to do, because when I was brought up, a savings account was so that you could spend it. So if I, if I got a savings account, then I would buy a bike or mm-hmm. I would buy a car or I'd buy something that I wanted, a big screen TV or whatever from my savings. But I was
0: never taught to have a wealth building mm. account. Right. And that was the same thing for me. So what reading this book did for me was it established a a wealth building account or my nest egg account. Never touch it. My long-term savings account, which was for big things. But the account that you and I confuse for savings or often confuse for savings is what they call the play account. Mm -hmm. And the play account is the money that you get to spend on whatever floats your boat. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and the part of it is to move us from a scarcity mindset to abundance mindset to reset our thermostat, he says. So I know for myself, mm-hmm. when I first started that account, it was, uh, I think I had $10 in it because I was starting over, right? So I had $10, easy to go blow $10. <laughs> I could do that in a, you know, I think it was $2 actually when I started, go buy an ice cream, right? When when I started earning some significant money, I'll never forget. I had all this money and you're supposed to go spend it once a month. And so I had some significant money to spend and I went shopping and I went on a major shopping spree, like a few thousand dollars. I got home and I had like pure anxiety because I'm a saver and my thought of spending money for fun was little. And But what he said was, 10% of your income, you get to spend. Well, it was 10% of my income at that time. And so when I went and spent it, and that was my conditioning, my mindset, my habits at play. And that was what I had to work on in order to get to my next level of earnings, my next level of investing, my next level of everything else. Yeah,
2: talk to me a bit about that. Because that's a abundance mindset spending a certain percentage Mm -hmm. and it's important to be able to expand you said your thermostat your 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 thought around how much can i earn Mm -hmm. how do i earn
0: Mm -hmm. because the reality is is you and i will never out earn our identity we will never outgrow our, we will never outperform our identity. So if I have a perception of myself, I have a, a, a mindset of who I am and what people who look like me do, until I shift that identity or expand it, even if I want something bigger, I may get it and lose it because my identity, the way I see myself in the world, hasn't changed. So wow, that's powerful. So and order, we see
1: that with lottery winners all, all the
0: time. The, all all the that's time. That's the one that comes to
1: mind immediately right, that's a, because it's a
0: big chunk. Because think- they, they haven't grow, They haven't done the work to grow into that new identity. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So how do you change these things? One, one by. one
1: One and then one and then one and doing it in community makes it easier
0: absolutely yeah
2: bringing it out into the light talking about it talking with others it's not taboo actually the bible has it more than any other subject talks about money
1: so we're grateful to be your partners on the journey of wealth and wisdom
2: Moving forward with the
1: Decker Team Moving forward together with the Decker Team